Hey, everybody, welcome to season two, episode two of the Inzers podcast on DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcast Network. We are recording on September 12th. The Steelers played their first game of the regular season yesterday against the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, before we get into the details, let's just set the stage. Where were we? Where were all of us to watch this monstrosity? Morgan, where were you? Well, I'm not allowed out in public uh, with my fiance during Steelers games because I'm embarrassing, apparently. <laughs> um, so I was at home on the couch. Um, first half of the game, I'm like doing like jumps from my knees on the couch and Jared's yep. looking at me like, uh, do I need to like check you in? Like, do you, do we need a 5150? Like what is wrong with you? <laughs> and then half the time I'm screaming at the TV and he's looking at me like, Morgan, you are psychotic. And I'm like, and what? Do something. Yeah. <laughs> what are you going to yeah. do? What's your point? <laughs> I have a ring on my finger. It's a little bit too late for this. So, um, yeah, at home, just minding my own business, yeah, where right. I, my safe space. Yeah. Sam, where were you? I ended up in some random bar in Santa Monica. Um, only still okay. fan in the bar. By the end of it, because the game never ended, everybody yeah. in yep. that room, because it was a very small bar, very, very, very small, if you guys saw my video that I posted, um, like everyone was like, please, for the love of God, let this game end so this girl can leave. So I I hosted a party at tailgate. I got up super early, smoked pork, all, pulled all the stops for the Steelers team who was unwilling to show me the same courtesy in the game. Uh, but I was at least at home, and I was surrounded by a group of people who shared the same level of enthusiasm about what was happening. And there was a lot of back and forth. And kind of like both of you said, there was, there was a point where I was like, can this – game just end it needs to be over I am so done because the Steelers did defeat the Bengals 23 to 20 in overtime mm -hmm. after what like a thousand missed kicks <laughs> and uh Chris Boswell ended up being the the deciding factor he hit the game winner in the waning seconds of overtime I, just unbelievable what happened it, the game had it all all of the things that you don't want but yes. all, some of the things that you do want the Steelers forced a ton of turnovers on the Bengals offense uh missed kicks uh basically the only thing that was missing was successful offense from the Steelers there was just so much back and forth and yep. back and forth and back and forth and it just felt like the whole time I was watching I thought I just kept thinking I need a group therapy session. Yes. And I feel like that's kind of what we all need is a giant group therapy session. So yes. why don't we dive in? Let's, let's, let's just get into it. So there were a lot of, at least in me, I noticed a lot of dysfunctional thought patterns. Um, there was a lot of black and white thinking the offense was shit. Uh, so the defense's success meant nothing. It was all or nothing thinking. If we can't blow out other teams, then we're failures. Uh, lots of fortune telling. 
The offense couldn't score, so they never will. Uh, and then, of course, everything with TJ Watt's potential injury, which we found out within the last couple hours that it, there might be good news there. Yeah. Uh, Tom Pelissero, uh, Ian Rappaport, all kind of reporting maybe six weeks if it doesn't require surgery. So at least there's some good news there. But a lot of other, just so much, so much dysfunction in my brain. Like, yeah, Mitch, Mitch looked completely lost behind that offensive line. So I was like, well, he's never going to be good. And the run game was a total wash because the offensive line was terrible. So my God. Yeah. Like, where do you even start with any of that, Sam? Like what, what was the thing that had you most up in arms yesterday that you were like, we're never going to recover from this. The line, the line, Mm -hmm. like it's so bad. Like no one's blocking (laughs) Najee. Mitch has no chance at all. Like, yeah, he's mobile and he's moving, but he still can't even breathe. It's like, The defense does all this work, gets all these turnovers, and for what? For the offense mm-hmm. to go back out there and do absolutely nothing and just completely gas the defense over and over and over and over again. Yep. Which is exactly like last year. It's like, what changed? What Did anything change? The right. play calling was kind of a, a circus. Like, it just, it was insane. Morgan, what were you thinking yesterday? Because it was just wild. Well, the whole time, I mean, thank God we're in group therapy because the whole time I'm like, <laughs> I need to be treated for PTSD. I don't know what medications that is, that includes, but like put me on all of them. Like I need to supplement these this anxiety that I'm feeling because it literally felt like PTSD. And it was a lot of the play calling, like mm-hmm. Sam said, a lot of the line. I was actually, you know what, like less than furious in their pass protection but their run blocking is it's yeah. non-existent. It so didn't bad. help that Najee really is not 100% from that Liz Frank that he suffered yeah. in training camp. And so he was not explosive. Um, and it just really didn't allow him time to, you know, build a vision behind that team mm-hmm. with a lack of explosivity. Like there's just not – it wasn't meshing. There was yeah. just nothing on offense that redeemed – that side of the team. I mean, yes, we saw improvements from Chase Claypool, who looked really mature yeah. and composed. We saw mm-hmm. Pat Fryermuth go off and and go off. I I use that term very loosely because he led our offense in catches and yards, five for seventy five. So like, it's nothing to write home about. But like, yeah. <laughs> that's going off. And I mean, yeah, he almost scored a touchdown that was potentially PI on Von Bell, but like we'll let it slide because the refs give it and the refs take it away yesterday. And that's exactly, you know, the story of that entire game. But the entire time I'm just thinking, Jesus, take the wheel. Like, please yep. do something, anything, anything on offense. Mm-hmm. Please God, because there's no way that the defense would have suffered the injuries that they suffered yesterday if they weren't on the field as much as they were. And they were yep. on the field as much as they were and doing the prolific work that they were, reminding us all of 2008, like they were, if it weren't for the lack of time of possession, the mm-hmm. offense was just absolutely horrendous. One offensive touchdown, guys. One 
Oh, oh God, that's so bad. Touchdown. A singular. Let me say it again. Offensive touchdown. That's not okay. That's never okay. Our games too often are in the hands or on the foot of Chris Boswell. And quite honestly, love Boz, but I'm sick of it. I'm sick of it. Yeah. And I need something to change. This was supposed to be Big Ben's fault last year, right? Mm -hmm. Like it was Seven's fault. Was it? Was it Seven's fault? Because now we have a mobile quarterback who, quite honestly, like he's not a bad decision maker. He we saw some veteran like um composure out of him yesterday. We really, really did, especially on that last big pass to to Pat. Mm-hmm. We saw some composure and some good decision making, but he overthrew George Pickens. And then he and before that, he underthrew George Pickens. And I'm like, he's wide open for the touchdown. Like you can't miss these passes if you're supposed to come in and be the answer to a woeful offense led by Ben Roethlisberger then you have to be the opposite of Ben Roethlisberger and Mm -hmm. I'm the only thing I'm seeing is okay maybe you scramble a little bit but like the point was Mitch can run so let him fucking run I don't understand the checkdowns I was having checkdown meltdown I'm done Mm -hmm. I'm done with the offense I can't do it Yeah, and there were moments, like there was one in particular where Mitch looked like he was just going to commit to running the ball, and then he held off, yes. and he waited, and he hesitated, and then he was like, oh, is he going to throw it? And, but he wasn't, and then he just kept kind of moving forward at a very glacial pace, and then dropped back, like maybe he's going to throw. It was just like he he didn't know how to function behind that line because the line wasn't doing anything for him and it's it it's just one of those things where people on you know overreacting Uh, everybody was overreacting yesterday myself included and it just felt like you couldn't criticize one part of the offense without being ripped apart for neglecting to criticize another part of the offense and yeah Mitch was fine he he was fine. He didn't turn like, it over. So that's Yeah, he didn't turn it over. That's okay. But he also like who's who's gonna be comfortable behind that line? But he also contributed to the offense's lack of success. Like he yeah. wasn't the sole reason and the sole purpose or whatever, like the the defining factor that was the offense. Like, but he wasn't all that great either and I'm not saying Kenny Pickett would have done leaps and bounds better but it's like okay these are the quarterbacks that you have you've locked in at this point Mitch Mm -hmm. is number one Kenny's number two Mason Rudolph is floating off into space doing who knows what like yeah and (laughs) are you are you really gonna force them to go out there week after week after week behind this line. I saw a video today where Kevin Dawson just let a dude just blow right past him. Like How this is the, not? this is what they're giving you. Yeah. Like what? How you, you have not? to, do- 
God. Invest in that line. How do you not bring in the veterans that are needed on that line? I don't understand. Maybe if you thought it was all Big Ben, maybe, Mm -hmm. and you're like, oh, the offensive line is fine. But then the run game suffered last year. So you can't Uh say it was just Big Ben. It was the offensive line and it still is the offensive line. And maybe they're not as bad, but they're still not good. And not as bad is no redeeming quality whatsoever yeah. because they were they by were far the worst last year. Last yeah. year. I mean, <laughs> it, it's astounding that you can get within the five-yard line and you are first and goal and you kick a fucking field goal. It's unacceptable. Yep. I, mm-hmm. I'm done. The Bengals did it and we saw – them try from within the five or 10, like 20 different times because of all these mm-hmm. penalties and all of the refs, you know, doing whatever the fuck they were doing. But yeah. like the Bengals offense looked like trash in that first half and they were up against our defense. We were mm-hmm. playing against the Bengals defense, which is nothing to write home about again. And we could yeah. score from within the five guy. Mm-hmm. It's, I don't, I, I can't, I'm shaking. Something yeah. to yesterday, I was like, makes zero sense. Like, we kept Kendrick Green to have him inactive. Mm-hmm. Like, like, there's just so many things where I'm just like, why? Like, what What are we doing? Like, right. I don't think that he has a place on that line. He hasn't showed us that. But again, you kept mm-hmm. him on the roster. Yeah. To make Taking up valuable space. Like, I, it's just, ugh. it's exhausting. Like, <laughs> It really is, and it's it's just super confusing because, like, you know what? Let's just get right into it. Let's talk about gaslighting because that's another fundamental of the Steelers team yeah. and the experience of being a Steelers fan because, first of all, yeah, you obviously none of us, none of us expect Mike Tomlin or the coaching staff or ownership to go out and say, our line is garbage. We hate them. We don't like what they're doing. They're not going to get better ever. That's that. They're not going to say that. But when they come out, like Matt Canada and Mike Tomlin, and they're like spewing the praises of this offensive line, we believe that these guys have what it takes. Okay, is that what you're saying to them in the locker room? Because they're not doing well. Like, there's not – like. There's a certain level of effort that isn't even visible for some of these guys. It's just like, okay, the ball has been snapped, and oh, I guess that's that for me. My effort is done. Like, there's that, which is so confusing. And then all of these people, mostly on social media, who are saying a win is a win. Just be happy they won. Sure, okay, maybe a you can say a win is a win in the Super Bowl. You could even get away with saying a win is a win in the playoffs. But in week one, the way that things went down, that is not an acceptable response to what we witnessed yesterday. No. Because I was I was watching football highlights all morning, and all of the analysts weren't saying, wow, the Steelers pulled out a win in Cincinnati against the reigning AFC champions. That's not what they were saying. They were saying, 
wow, the Bengals, despite all these turnovers, despite the way that they played in the first half, they forced this game into overtime. That's what's impressive about it. Mm-hmm. They're not talking about the Steelers like they like the defense was great, but they got gassed because the offense was garbage. The Steelers winning yesterday, we're recording on Monday, that was a fluke to people. Mm-hmm. And it's just another one of those things where it's like watching that, that didn't feel good to me again the whole time, overtime. I was like, please, just God, let it be over. Even if we lose, even if, even if, we, if we tie, yes. just let it be yeah. over. Like, yeah. oh my God, it didn't, did it feel good to you? Did it feel like it was a warranted victory? Like, my God, Morgan, what were you feeling yesterday? No, the whole time I was, it was like living in misery. Like you're watching this game and you're like, make the bleeding stop. Like, mm-hmm. I just want it to be over. I just want the game to be over. And then we're watching our guys go down. Najee, yep. TJ, uh. Cam at the end of the game, Levi Wallace, Mason Cole. Yeah. All, I mean, we're losing guys left and right. And it's just like, is it worth it? Like, like, mm-hmm. is it worth it? I don't know. And I left that game yesterday and I looked at Jared. I was like, listen, I have never felt so defeated after a win. And I know that, you know, we saw videos of them celebrating and they were in high spirits. And like, that's great because number one, the defense deserved to celebrate. Mm -hmm. They earned that win with every ounce of anything in their body. They earned that win. Seven sacks, seven sacks, four picks, two forced fumbles, one fumble recovery. And that's not by like two or three guys. That was around the defense. Robert Mm -hmm. Lane had a sack. Okay, Arthur Millette had a sack. (laughs) Cam Sutton, Nikella Witherspoon, TJ Minka, picks, pick six. Mm -hmm. The fumble recovery that was arguably a pick. Yeah. Like, Minka had the game of his life, of his fucking life. The exclamation point on on the Dolphins got fleeced. And the exclamation point was yesterday's game because Minka was lights out. And I'm so sick of people saying Minka shies away from contact and Minka didn't mm. show up last year. Minka led the team in tackles last year. That's something a safety should never have to do. If you yeah. don't understand why he had to step up and make up and compensate for the lack of run defense and he's the first defender touching a runner, not mm-hmm. okay. This year, the defense looks so much better in run defense and all over, all over. Mm-hmm. They look so much more Capable. Composed. Yeah, they look Capable, a lot yeah. composed, powerful. The secondary looks strong and they're nasty and they're like running around doing their thing. Cam Sutton. Cam like, Sutton, yeah. the growth of that, that I've seen when he from when he was covering slot receivers to moving to the mm-hmm. outside, the, the growth that I've seen in Cam Sutton and Akella Witherspoon and his composure in the end zone, Levi Wallace saving that touchdown. I swear to God, that entire defense, Devin Bush. Whoa, Can we yep. talk about Devin Bush? Because holy shit, he has taken so much crap for the past year and a half about how he's given up, doesn't love the game. He's not the same after his injury. He had such a good game yesterday. Mm -hmm. Watching him fly around the field, make plays. He should have had a sack, but he ran into Alex Highsmith, but he should have had a sack. (laughs) Yeah. Alex Highsmith, 
holy shit, three sacks. Like the the defense balled out and they earned mm-hmm. that win and the win is the defenses and the defenses alone and maybe Deion yep. Johnson's because that catch, holy shit. Yeah. And sort of Chris Boswell a little bit, but yes. that's talk about PTSD, that doink. I oh heard it in my dreams last night. And the fact that they kept playing it. I know. With the sound, like, my God. But then you're watching TV today, and everyone, like Jordan said, is giving the Bengals all the credit in the world for mm-hmm. coming back after five turnovers and, you know, how incredible and com- composed Joe Burrow was in that second half. And, and yes, that is all true. That's all true. Mm-hmm. We were not supposed to go in and win that game. No, no one picked us. Steelers fans didn't expect us to go in and win that game. We did. So, yes, that's a wonderful, amazing thing. No one's talking about Deontay Johnson's catch. Mm-mm. No one's talking about that, and it's the best catch he's ever made. It's his career catch to date. No one's talking about that. No one's talking about how great the defense was because it's overshadowed yeah. by the pathetic performance by the offense. Matt Canada's just inexcusable play calling, quite honestly. and. Yeah. The injuries suffered on that line, I'm on the defense. I swear to God, the TJ Watt news, if I hear something about TJ Watt one more time that's not definitive and it's not news and it's everyone just talking about how the Steelers season is over, I'm going to punch someone in the face. Yeah. I'm going to do it. Yeah. It, it's so it. absurd. And everybody's speculating because they – outside of Pittsburgh especially – the only thing that people see on the Steelers team is TJ Watt. They think that that's, he's it for us. And they're, so they're, they're kind of like, I've seen Bengals fans tweeting about how they're glad he got hurt. And they're they're hopeful that everyone is there. Yeah. It's someone that responded to um, Sam Highsmith, you know, Alex Highsmith's dad and saying, Oh, I'm so glad that Alex is actually doing something without his big uncle TJ. Finally stepped up. That's Have what they you said. Actually, ever watched Alex Highsmith play football? No. The answer is no. Yes, Alex and TJ feed off of each other. Obviously, mm-hmm. Same obviously, but right. But Alex is a that's the whole point. Animal. That's exactly mm-hmm. Jordan. It's the whole point, and it's frustrating because, like y'all said, the the tweets about TJ. I mean. Okay, we saw Joe Burrow play with a different mojo once TJ was gone. We did Mm -hmm. see that. There is no denying that. There is no replacement for TJ Watt in this Mm -hmm. league. No one is coming in and having the TJ Watt effect. It's not happening. So whether we go out and sign somebody, and whether it's four weeks, six weeks, or the entire season, it is a monumental loss. Mm -hmm. Does that mean that the defense is going to be – dropping to mid to low tier in the league? I don't think so. Mm-hmm. I think the rest of this defense is extremely good at what they do. And mm-hmm. attrition is inevitable. It happens on every team. We saw the Ravens suffer from it prolifically last year. I pray to God that we don't have that same issue this year. Um, I pray to God that the reason TJ is getting the second and third opinion is because they think that it's – a rehab situation and not a surgery mm-hmm. situation and they just want to make sure before they get anyone's hopes up. Like that's, that's what I'm, I'm hoping for. Um, yeah. But do I think the defense is going to fall off a cliff? No, because we have guys like Alex Highsmith and Kim Hayward, Minka, Cam Sutton. Tyson Alawalu. Like, Tyson Alawalu. Yeah. Exactly. Like 
they're too good to let the loss of one guy push him off a cliff, but yes, it's But even looking at the defense yesterday before TJ went down with the injury, like the defense was starting to kind of yeah, stutter a little bit because they were on the field so much. It was like they they did not struggle at the end of the game because they solely because they lost TJ. They were struggling because the offense could not maintain possession of the ball Mm -hmm. and they just had to keep bailing them out. And at a certain point, we've this has become the MO for the Steelers. Like we are so familiar with this narrative and this storyline because it's what's happened for the past three to four years. Yeah. The offense can't hold on to the ball. The elite defense, I mean, they've become elite over the last couple of years, but like they've had the edge on the offense for the better part Sometimes. of the last four years. Yeah. yeah. And they they have had to continue to just keep going back out onto the field, forcing stops, forcing turnovers. And the more that that, it, that burden falls on them, the less likely they are to actually come through because they're just gassed. They're so exhausted. And that's what we saw yesterday. Like, again, Morgan, you said with the injuries, like they're, they're probably, we're speculating, we're, but more than likely – there wouldn't have been so many injuries if the offense could have just held onto the ball, secured yeah. the victory, because that should have been a blowout. It, like with the amount of turnovers, with what the defense did early on in the game, it should have been a blowout. And it wasn't because the offense just could not hold up their end of the bargain. No. And it was that's, such a roller yeah. coaster of emotion. Like I've never felt such I felt like manic and then depressive. Like mm-hmm. it was the the most overly stimulating mentally and emotionally game that I've ever experienced yeah. in, in one game. Uh-huh. This took exactly. all the highs, the all the highs. The stress of an entire season. Yes. Oh my gosh! And it's like we we should be we we witness this a lot. Like we see games like that a lot. But and I tweeted this yesterday. It was the most painful win I've ever mm-hmm. experienced as a Steelers fan, and I think a lot of people share that that. Uh, notion because it's mm-hmm. just we had an episode last year called when a win doesn't feel like a win and this yeah. didn't feel like a win and it should have they're the reigning AFC champs they went mm-hmm. to the Super Bowl both of the Super Bowl teams last year lost this week and I thought that our win is in the first half I thought it was going to be as convincing as mm-hmm. the win I really genuinely it looked like it would be right yeah oh well it's just I don't have a word for it. I keep stuttering over my words. Mm -hmm. It's such a – I'm triggered. (laughs) It was just – it was bad. It was really bad. And obviously you're always happy when your team wins in a certain capacity. But I just – and we mentioned officiating. The officiating was just garbage yesterday. Like it felt like there were ass trash certified. Like – there were so many plays that happened when the Steelers were on offense that could have been called. 
based yep. on what this the standard that the officials had set for themselves. Yeah. Didn't call anything. Right. Can we when talk the about Bengals had the ball. O-line? Yeah. His O line was holding holding like, all Jack the and Rose time. on the Titanic. Like yeah. I can't. What was that? I looked at Jared and I was like, are they just not calling holding on Cincinnati? He's like, Morgan, you can't blame the refs. I'm like, bitch, yes, I can. It's not blaming. It's calling them out for shitty officiating. It's not like we still won that game despite the officials, but they did a really poor job of officiating that game consistently, officiating it well. It was just bad. Like those late hits that they called on Minka. What? Like, yeah. What? The unnecessary roughness, those calls, that was yeah. a joke. That was yeah. a joke. It was bad. It and was I'll bad. Be, you know, I'll be unbiased and I'll say that touchdown that wasn't a touchdown when Jamar Chase was on the line. I mean, mm-hmm. that, was yeah. a, that, was a t- that was a touchdown. It was close. But Cincinnati should have challenged it and they didn't. And they didn't. It was a challengeable play. So that's on them more so than on yeah. the refs. Yeah. But well, like my brother said, he. He got so worked up yesterday. He was like, "No, it's not a touchdown. The 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 pellets. The black was on the white. The black was on the white." And we were like, "What?" <laughs> but yeah, I get it. Like, yeah, you're right. Um, it it was so close, and Cincinnati did kind of shoot themselves in the foot a couple times there, like punting. Why didn't they run out the clock there at the right. end? Like they absolutely could have, but they didn't, and they they did as much as they could to lose that game. Just like we did. We were, it felt like both teams were trying their hardest to lose that game. And that was what made it unwatchable. It was like, Oh my God, this is like last year, the game against Detroit. That to me felt like one of the worst games I had watched up to that point. But this one came close it came very very close um because it was just it was bad it was so bad um my god but like yeah let's let's just take a second let's take a second to regroup and focus on some of the positives which we've already mentioned some of them like Devin Bush he had a really solid game Chase Claypool not only did he make a couple of great catches but his blocking his his wherewithal general awareness on the line incredible Jalen Warren even he laid out when he was in the game he looked fantastic Alex Highsmith was great Cam Sutton was great obviously Minka game of his life like there were there were a a good number of positives despite the way that the Steelers played overall Sam what was the thing that was most exciting to you that maybe looking forward it it could be the sign of bigger things to come. I think, you know, last week we talked about um, the secondary, like what's going to happen with Joe Hayden gone. Is somebody going to emerge? Are they going to be like a true starting cornerback? And yes, that, yes. Like, so I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I think it's still better because we know what it's like to have a horrible secondary. We're not good at drafting players that – Play those positions well at all. So if there's a little a little bit of hope to be like, okay, well, I gotta focus on something positive, we have I have that right now. 
Yeah. And that's not nothing because our secondary historically has been terrible. Devin Bush is trending up, which I honestly, I didn't Mm -hmm. know. Like I've just been wanting to be like, okay, give him the benefit of the doubt. Like that was a horrendous injury. I can't imagine trying to get back on a field and play physical after something like that. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm really hoping that, you know, maybe he got out of that mental space and he's, he's trending up. So that's the positives. Yeah. Morgan, what about you? What was something that really stood out to you yesterday? I mean, I, it's so tough to pick something if we're talking about defense because yeah. there was so much to be really, really excited about and really happy about the turnovers alone. I mean, to force those turnovers against a Joe Burrow offense, the AFC North champ offense, the mm-hmm. Super Bowl team offense, like Jamar Chase, the, I, it – it's endless. The defense did mm-hmm. so much good, but I, I have to, because the media is not doing it. I have to talk about Deontay Johnson. I just mm. think that he showed a lot of physicality and we know mm. that that's something that he lacks. We know that's been a weakness of his for quite some time. He kind of shies away from contact. Um, and he doesn't really, you know, make the contested catches like he's capable of and he should. He also doesn't get a ton of separation naturally. And so it's really, really nice to see him make that amazing one-handed grab, stay Mm -hmm. in bounds for that huge gain. I just, that was the highlight by Mm -hmm. far on the offense, on the offensive side of the ball yesterday. And I just can't say enough about the growth that I've seen in that wide receiver group that we've maintained. So Deontay and Chase, um, both of them just showed a lot of maturity and a lot of growth. And I believe it when they say that they put in a lot of work in the offseason. Mm-hmm. It did show yesterday. Um, they didn't get a lot of opportunity. So, you know, maybe it'll, it'll be a lot more. Is that Lilo and Ragnar? No. What was that? Oh, is it That's Phoebe? Phoebe. Yeah, we can have Eddie cut this out. My God, I don't know who is trying to get into. It's probably one of my neighbors who forgot their key. No, you're fine. Fuck you. All right. Um, yeah, um, Eddie, just cut this out. Um, what was that? Oh, I was just saying it's just really nice to see them, you know, do their thing. And I think when they when the line starts gelling and maybe Mitch settles in a little bit and maybe, you know, we have an offensive showing that's more than, you know, peewee football. Mm-hmm. Um, they'll get the opportunity to really prove that a little bit more than they did yesterday. But those flashes gave me a lot of hope as far as the wide receiver group goes. Um, I wish George Pickens would have would have been able to do more. Granted, what can you do with an overthrow and what can you do with an underthrow? Not much. Um so that's where I'm at. Yeah, it was there were some encouraging things in the wide receiver room. Honestly, the the defense against the run, that was the that was the thing that was most encouraging to me because that was going into this season like, oh my god, especially with Devin Bush. I was just like, oh god. Uh-huh. And starting off trying to stop Joe Mixon, that made me really nervous, but yeah. they held him to an average of 3 yards per carry. Like I they mean, even yeah. Even after TJ was out of the game, like they that that front seven did a really good job maintaining and and holding him off, and that's that's good. Um, and again, it's just like 
that, that game felt like a gut punch. So it doesn't feel that good, but there are definitely things to, I don't know, be more positive about, but there are things going to be proud of. We yes, proud of. To, we don't have mm-hmm. to come out like celebrating and be super happy today, but there are things, a lot of things to be honest uh-huh. with you, to be proud of. So like Absolutely. hold on to that guys and let's carry that into next week because it's yep. not stopping. It was week one. So Yeah. And we're <laughs> going Yeah, we're going into week two. Steelers are hosting the Patriots at home. And this is the first time they're playing the Patriots without Tom Brady. So mm-hmm. that's something, but they still have Bill Belichick. So there's that. And you, you just never know what you're going to get with a Bill Belichick team. And yeah. they, they didn't look great in week one. So that it's more than likely going to be that they're coming into whatever the fuck it's called now. Heinz, Heinz field. Um, with something to prove and a chip on their shoulder and the Steelers are going to have to really double down and be ready. And they're going to have to take advantage of the Patriots defense where they're weak. But the, the, the one really good thing is that all three of us are going to be at this game. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to be at the tailgate. I cannot wait to see. Yeah. Come see us. We will Mm -hmm. be at the Stiller gang tailgate in red lot five a, and we would love to see all of you come say hi, come have a drink with us. Mm-hmm. There's absolutely no chance we are there at 8 a.m. when that, it starts. So you guys are aware. Yes, we will be late. We will be late per usual. Um, <laughs> yeah, but that's okay. You can be late too. It's fine. Yes. We'll all show up at 10. It'll be fine. Yeah, it's still plenty of time to hang out and get ready for this game because it's going to be. Maybe we'll plus. do group therapy in person yes. prior to the game. Perfect. Oh my God, we might need it. We might need to just gear up. God, I'm Depending mercy. on the news that comes out on TJ tomorrow. Yeah. Yes, we might need some serious group therapy in Pittsburgh this weekend. Somebody bring me a yeah. here. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to need to pull all the stops. Like, Fast. my God. Yeah, but we'll be there. We hope to see you there. Uh, it's going to be at least before the game. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. All, all bets are off when the – the, fir- the first kick happens because God have mercy, this team. Lord, well, you know what? Let's call it. That's a wrap on episode two, season two of Yenzers. Thank you all so much for the support. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Yenzers and don't forget to subscribe, whether it's on YouTube or wherever you listen to your podcast so we can kick it every single week. We drop new episodes every Tuesday. We will see you next Tuesday for another episode of The Enders. Bye.